everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. Moore is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Well, I still don't know what to do with my hands on this thing. This isn't... I'm still getting used to a podcast. And do you want to put a guitar in your hands? Yeah, it makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should just sit there with it then. <laughs> take the string, take out, take the strings out of one, and just sit yeah. there. Just hold it for comfort. Right. You know? I mean, what's wrong? Although with that? you know, there's never, I mean, never anything wrong in my mind with hearing just like a light strum every now and again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A G string, if you will. Right. There you go. You know, if I will, and sometimes I will. Yes. Yes. You, I'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow yes. it. Yes. I will allow it. I appreciate a good G-string. <clears throat> yes. Nice. Wait, is this a fan <laughs> show? I'm not sure where this is going. But. Jared's like, no, yeah. I don't uh, think we only on, sign up for only, this. Only on one person, though. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I, a guitar. You? Yes. Right. <laughs> a, <laughs> the person that is a guitar. <laughs> right. right. That's what we're talking about. Well, every guitar, I guess. So lots of people. Yes. If, they, if guitars are people. Many. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think my guitar is sort of like a person. You know, I think a lot of people it has do. An, it has a has a a heart, right. if you will, and a, emotions. Yes. Yeah. You know. Anyway, where were we? Uh, here, here. <laughs> oh, we are With, here. Yeah, we're here, and we're talking to another guest, and we haven't introduced. Him <laughs> we <laughs> love okay. doing that, but we need to before we do that. We the we we oh, are on I'm, a I facial said, hair kick. I said mm. to a, I said to. Jared, I'll yes. I, this Go ahead. You introduce Jared Revis. Is yes. that how you pronounce yes, it? Yes, that's perfect. Absolutely, retired Air Force uh, yep. officer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a local from family's been in Moore County for a long time, right? Since seventeen eighty something. Wow. Yeah. So really? You are long, absolutely. Long time. Wow. Probably right. the first people in Moore County. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. We were the very first. No. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. But I think they. My aunt Trace. One of our, you know, great 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 grandfathers to be in a sheriff in the in this area wow. in, in the in the late 1700s or something like that. So, and wow. apropos of your mustache, which is what we hey, were about to say, throwback, right? Yeah, yeah, he he may have had a mustache. He might have. I'll have to look up the picture and and see. Yeah, I'll check it out and see if that well, might be the case. I I said the way I phrased it was the first mustachioed man on our podcast. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. it. That's Very a good nice. distinction. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it is quite a mustache. Yeah. Well, it Thank might you. quite possibly be the best facial hair we've had on the show. Uh, it could be. Well, it that, could be. I appreciate that. I, I've, uh, I take a lot of pride in my mustache, and uh, I've won, I think I've won seven mustache contests oh, nice. throughout wow. the world. Wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, nice. I mean, you know, traveling with the Air Force, so it's yeah. a little unfair to say that I <laughs> just traveled to Europe <laughs> or right. to the Middle they East to do it. Right. Yeah, I was, I was sponsored by... Uh, <laughs> What's one of those? Uh, oh, Jack. Yeah. Uh, What's the uh, the wax? The mustache wax? Yeah, must, Jack. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't remember. But I think that's Death actually. Grip, that's it. Oh that's yeah, that's one I see all the time. Death, Death grip, <laughs> mustache wax. This is a promo for them. No, a rock star uh, sponsor. Yeah. We were talking about one over at Dapper when I got my haircut the other day, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the name of that one. 
Yeah. Maybe Dapper sure. should sponsor this Who, podcast. You're right. Well, oh. I get my haircut there. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah. Right. Hey, we're da- I feel like, well, Let's I'm call not him. very dapper, but I feel like you guys are. Right. Well, you, you can be called dapper. You yeah. don't have to have a, a Actually, mustache like Jared to be yeah. called dapper. I don't. And I've trimmed it up. Yeah. Even a clean, clean waxed head, if you will. Yes. You know, nice could, and bright and white. Yeah, that. There's a dapper element to that. I think we should call Mr. Nate. He's just across the street, really, right? I mean, yeah. you should call him and say, hey. You know, we should have him on the podcast. Just Sure. Yeah. He's yeah. a very interesting, very yeah. interesting guy. Yeah. 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 I blind people at the beach, you know, from not wearing a hat <laughs> in the summer times. It's just a white, bald head, you know, just shining like a beacon of light, you know, That's on good. the beach. <laughs> Maybe it creates more space for you there, so you have a place to put your chair. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, people yeah. don't want to be around blind the bright light. Them. Right. You got to. <laughs> create your own space somehow at the beach that's true it's not easy (laughs) that's for sure i try to shine a light on things all the time that's what we're here for that's right yes i'm gonna Mm -hmm. where were we (laughs) uh we were here again you know i think i have to start with this because tony sent your bio points over to me Mm -hmm. and you mentioned quite a few of them but the last one um, in this bullet point, we'll call it, was a mama grizzly and her cubs. Yep. Can you just, I just got to know, where yeah. was that? How'd you? I was out in uh, the Montana area uh, with a couple of uh, friends of mine, and we were, we've been hiking for a, a week, maybe. And we were on our last day, I think we were on a, like a 12 or 13 mile hike, which is, you know, wow. it's yeah, pretty that's a good strenuous. For a good and, amount for a day. Right. And so we knew that in those areas that there, there are you know potential for grizzly and some people carry a weapon, but we didn't have that. Uh, we had bear spray, supposed to be 30 feet, which I promise you, after I tell you this story, <laughs> you will need the 90 foot uh, bear spray if you're, oh you know, so we were about, I don't know halfway through getting back and i just had this feeling that something wasn't right even though i couldn't i couldn't see anything at the moment and so i i kind of did like a you know a military thing where i was like you know like hold up for a second and just two other guys and we could kind of feel the ground moving mm. and i thought i don't there's no trains out here you know this in the middle of the wilderness <laughs> and all of a sudden, I saw a, a, a cub come out and on the trail, and, and maybe 40, 50 feet. I mean, far enough, but not far enough by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw another cub, and then I thought, I started sweating through my clothes and my shoes, and then I started sweating through my hat. Mm-hmm. And that grizzly mama went on that trail, and it, it, it she was the size of a... a a Volkswagen. Oh my gosh. You know, and they say there's nothing more dangerous than a grizzly really, but a grizzly with her cubs is mm. and so she stopped on that trail and looked our direction and I thought, well, I looked at my shoes and made sure they were tied and <laughs> I thought I'm going to be okay. I don't know about these other two guys because I know I can outrun them. But oh, that's no. about it. So I, other than, you know, one of us is not going to make this for sure. Like somebody's not going to get out of this because she was, and, and she probably stood there for 10 seconds really, but it felt like about five years. Yeah, We just were frozen with, you know, fear and apprehension. And I'm sure, I mean, I knew because after we talked about it when we got back is, what do you do? You always think that you know, like you know, oh, you, I, I know what I'm, you're supposed to do. I've read this or seen it on YouTube or whatever. No, 
so you just stood there and, and, and like I said, I just sweated and waited and she just stared at us for, like I said, maybe 10 seconds. And I don't know if the, the wind was right or whatever, but she just kept going after that, after her cubs and, and didn't, you know, but there was a pool of water underneath my feet <laughs> after that. And we moved so fast the other direction. I don't even know if we were going in the right direction, but we were heading away, away from, from <laughs> that as fast as possible. And I have never been so scared in my entire life as, as to see that. I mean, to see him on TV, you know, is scary. But when you get 40 or 50 feet away from a grizzly bear, I, I tell you what, I would not, uh, that would not be something I would be like, let's go do that. Right. Yeah. Are you sure that was sweat? Uh, no, no, because that's there's true. no shame if it was not. No, you're right. I, I didn't, uh, I should have had some toxicology done or something. Yeah. You're probably right. There's probably several things mixed into that. But my, I asked my buddies the same thing and they said the same thing like, man, I, you know, like it was the scariest thing in the world to see. To, to see that and, and the scarier thing was to feel her moving mm. now that's weird like you, you yeah. don't think about that you might be able to feel an animal that size walking but you can wow. and I didn't know that of course and that scared me more than anything but when she looked at us I was like Mm. Now that she could eat all three of us and not even, you know, like here, yeah. kids, here mm. you go, here's one for you, one <laughs> oh, no. for you, one for me. We're all good, right? I mean, it was, yeah. So thank uh, God yeah. they weren't like maybe they weren't hungry. Maybe they right. already got some other poor right. soul earlier. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. I'm I, I don't know. know. No, I mean, no, I mean it, it was uh, it yeah. was terrifying. But yeah, it was. It's it's funny to talk about now, right? Of course, it's that story that you'd get to tell mm. over and over again. But you could have not get to tell it. You don't want to have that right. story. No, right. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. You don't want to seek that story. Yeah. No. So, oh. you know, in between, uh, I think that was like after my Iraq deployment, I get back home and we go hiking <laughs> and run into a, a grizzly bear. So I'm like, well, this is great. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, right. you go, go get away from the danger uh, right, and then you all yeah. of a sudden find, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. I'm right in front of a grizzly bear now. Like, <laughs> right. I've gone through all these things yeah. and here I am, you know, back in America in the woods and yeah. here's a grizzly. Yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. Man. So, well, yeah. I'm glad that, thank God that they didn't know. Uh, they didn't decide to. They weren't hungry at the time. Hopefully, yeah, so. that's right. Or they were scared of our thirty-foot, uh, you know, bear yeah, spray. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, you can smell <laughs> the bear spray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they so. they say that grizzly bears, like as different, um, and I don't know if it's bears in general, but as different as uh, dogs' sense of smell is from ours, mm-hmm. that's like how much better a bear's sense of smell is than a dog's. And I've heard that somewhere. Wow. I don't know how true that is, um, but. It's my understanding that a grizzly bear's sense of smell or a bear's sense of smell is just, you know, way even better than a dog's. Yeah, if you told me that bear could read a novel, wouldn't surprise me. Like I, whatever you said that bear could do, I'd be like, yes, yeah. I believe it. You know, anything because it was just a magnificent creature to see in in, in yeah. person. Except I wish I hadn't seen it. To your point, so. yeah, I went hiking on the AT and I didn't quite get that experience but in new hampshire there's um the white mountains has a system of shelters that you can like pay to stay at and they have beds i mean it's super nice sure. all the ho- the uh, the crew will like hike food in and they'll make you food i mean it's just super nice but as a when you're hiking on the at you can go to these shelters and they'll you know let you sleep there after the bed the guests have gone to bed they'll like clear a space on the floor in the common area and you can stay there and we were waiting for that 
the guests were eating dinner and we were waiting and I go outside, it's dark already, and I just step across the trail and I go to relieve myself and like I hear this rumble and it was like a Oh my god. And I look up <laughs> with my headlamp on and like super close. I mean, it felt like like a matter of feet. I see these two orange eyes and I just bolted inside. Oh my god. And I was like, there's a bear outside because they had told us that a bear had been sneaking in, breaking into their larder right. and stealing food. And so they're like, all right, just, you know, be cautious, be aware that there could be a bear because they'll always come back. And I was like very close, but I couldn't see. All I could see was the eyes. So oh. I ran inside. I was like, there's a bear inside. And they were like, shut up. Dude, there are guests right there. Oh, God. <laughs> and basically, I yelled it in front of the guests. But, you know, I feel like I was um, separated because it was dark. Like, I couldn't feel the real fear. But, man, yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, you're, you were probably doing the other guests a service by yelling that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so oh, come on if you now, don't like... have to go to the bathroom right now, don't go. Right. Yeah. right. I think that's fair. It's a public yeah. service <laughs> announcement, really. That's what right. you were doing. Right. So yeah, don't feel seriously. bad about it. Yeah, yeah. don't feel bad yeah, about that. I'm not as scared as a little girl. I am trying to help you. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, well, yes. we know that's a lie, Frank. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> can't hide that. Yeah. You yeah, so hey, we got on. Uh, we'll we'll definitely touch. I think you've been in some close encounters with a lot of other different animals. animals that yeah, we'll get so to I here. do what we do. Definitely want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For well, sure. let's uh, let's rewind a little bit, and uh, you know, we have Jared Rivas here. Um, uh, like I said, retired Air Force officer, and uh, you spent twenty one years, twenty one and a half. Yeah, I was uh, enlisted. I, I went in and enlisted actually. Oh, okay. And, and I, right. I, it took me five times to get commissioned. So I got turned down four times, and on the fifth time, I actually got picked up to get my commission. So I was wow. really happy about that uh so that's awesome yeah so 21 and a half years everybody never no, you never leave off the little bit right there you, you go right hey, i mean no. do that too so yeah i mean that's quite impressive seriously yeah. i mean thank you very much oh, for your yeah. sacrifice and your service so no, glad to do it i'm glad to do it and glad to not be doing it anymore to be honest with you you know because i'm i'm glad to be retired now but i'm certainly thrilled to serve our country and, and be a part of that lineage that has helped keep us free and we can do stuff like this yeah right? do right. whatever we want to that's what i've noticed go about. hiking on the at or yeah, hiking whatever you want to yeah. do yeah i mean yes um i've yeah. been just about everywhere and i realize that this is by far no matter how flawed we are uh this is the greatest place in the world no no doubt about it so yeah. absolutely and yeah. a lot of people don't you know and, and it's not really necessarily their fault if they grow up in a certain way or they're younger they don't really have experienced any of that but you know we you know, even my, me, not even near. I mean, obviously, I've gone to like other states, you know, but not. I've I've been to a few little countries here and there, but not nearly as traveled as you are. But you can tell, even going into the Caribbean or Mexico or mm. anywhere else, that man, you know, we probably shouldn't be complaining at all about anything over here. You know, no, for sure. It's it's um, the the idea of being able to do what we're doing this minute is so foreign in most places that I've been, you know what I mean? That yeah. So that one thing is enough, right? And so the the military that has done it for generations upon generations, my grandfathers were both in, in World War II, mm-hmm. and my uncle served, and my um, cousin's a Green Beret here now you wow. know, at Fort Bragg. So we've, we've had a, a good family history of that. And it's going to take the next generations to do it as well, to, to make sure we get to do this one thing that is really indicative of everything you can do in life is if if you can talk for free and right, say just about right. anything you want to, you know, give or take, 
then you probably can have a good life if you choose to. And, and I think that's to your point, Tony, that you you have to choose to you know be appreciative of where you live and and what you can do and what you and you know the opportunities are a boundless. You could be Warren Buffett uh, or right. Elon Musk or you know anybody billions and billions of dollars, or you can be a, a, a underpaid school teacher that you know, should be paid three times right. as much and mm-hmm. and is so valued in the, in in this country. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm thrilled to be and I have a you know a, a, and no one can see my fingers, but a tiny tiny part of that lineage but i'm i'm glad to put my little brick there so Uh, absolutely and i i think i have to say this you know i haven't said it in any of the podcasts that i do but i think it's important on that you know on that same concept that you know people you mentioned people might not appreciate or you know complain but i think that also is indicative of the freedoms that we hold dear Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to question what we have in a you know in a way that you know you're not maybe bringing it down or trying to tear it down but questioning so that we can become better i think is yeah. an important aspect oh, yeah. of any any growth personal yeah. collective what have you i think it's important that we do ask those questions do have those conversations yep. and we're lucky to be able to have them. Yeah, I think so too. I, you you hit it. I think Churchill said it best that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. Right. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that kind of sums up what you're saying. Yeah. Is that yeah. you're right. I mean, you still have to. Of course, you should question it, and and people are going to burn flags and and kneel during the anthem or what. Okay, right. but that's part of the reason we do what we do so you can do those things but and and then that starts a conversation that hopefully can bring us to a better place right and that's the whole point is that we keep moving forward for Mm -hmm. the greater good of the united states right and if we do that we'll we'll always be a tremendous country that can do so much for its own people and of course worldwide i think yeah like anything in life personally like professionally never stop working on yourself i mean it's easier said than done i mean nobody's perfect at that but no matter what you strive for or achieve you know i mean and and it's not really about achievement um but you know if you you make it to the top you know the people that stay on the top or the democracy or countries or whatever governments you know they 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 have to keep working just as hard if not harder to Mm -hmm. stay on the top or so you know those kinds of things you don't just give up and say oh we got it great you know it's cool whatever you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you just keep working on yourself or working on the government and doing what you can you know to to try to keep it going so yeah and i think that a lot of people you hear who are on the top of their field or who do excel at what they do, you'll hear them be the first to say, I work harder now than I ever have before yeah. or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan is a tremendous, was a tremendous basketball player, but he certainly was one of the hardest working basketball yeah. players ever. So you, you're right. You've got to put in the time and effort. I think the great thing about our country is that it's about, not about, necessarily achieving it's about being the best of what you can be mm-hmm. right and that's mm-hmm. the opportunity that other countries don't have is if you were born in a certain level in a certain class or caste right you're you're there but if you're born here you can be anything that you you know as much as you desire to do or be you can do it and i think that's that's what makes us great it really does and that's the the hope of tomorrow for america is, is always bright to me you know yeah. that I, I, th- I feel the same probably, way maybe t- maybe so as yeah. well and we Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm always a hopeless optimist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I, you know, I'm, 
I'm not. I don't think my wife might say I'm a pessimist, but I, I, don't, I don't think I am. I think I'm a real. A lot of pessimists say they're realists, aren't they? That's right. what they That's do. Right? I mean, <laughs> I like to think I'm practical as yeah, well, but I also acknowledge that maybe I am over overly optimistic. Yeah, no, I hear you, but I think you know the one thing about just you know the more successful, more successful, or more you achieve, or more that you are able to do. I think what we've talked about a lot on the show for the people that sit across here from us are successful people and they've done a lot in their lives. And But you can help the community. You can help people more when you have more resources, you know, just like the government. Or I mean, whatever is successful or, pow- or powerful or whatever you are, even no matter how small, if you're in a county or a state or the, you know, the country, you can help. You have more resources. You have more influence. You can help other people. And I think, you know, the people that really that really are great and leave a legacy, whether it be small or big or whatever, um, really try to help other people and bring them up, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing to strive for yourself and you want those achievements. And everybody, well, not everybody, but many people do. And I, I would love to be, you know, the best that I can be, you yeah. know, but you can also, I think it's important for the people that really leave a legacy behind is, is who you help, you know, yeah. who you bring up. I think they motivate. realize probably like, I think, um, Warren Buffett has said a lot that there's an infinite amount, right? There, it, it, you could be just as good as him and there could be a hundred of those. Mm-hmm. There's no problem with that. So you know, that's what's great is that there's not a limit to the number of people that can be great or wealthy or successful or whatever your definition of that is. And so that, that's awesome. He's going to leave a lot of his money to, you know, charitable causes. And that's amazing. Think about that, all that transference of wealth that's going to go down and do great things. And so... I think that's what's that's what makes us great too. So yeah. that's a good point. And I may have mentioned it and on one of our podcasts, but I like to somebody said this to me one time and I like to um, reference it and it's a nice visual reference, which I am a very visual person. Things like that, things like love and uh, even wealth and as long as it's generated or, you know, returned or used and circulated back through the economy, it's all like a well and you might think, oh, you pulled the water out, but what the way a well works, and I didn't understand this before this person is, explained it to me, is the more water you pull out of a well, the more water comes into a well because it's always at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you stop pulling water out of the well, it stagnates and then it becomes undrinkable because it'll grow things, it'll become a stagnant well that will become toxic and actually. Yeah, that's funny. You had smarter people on your show than, than you have now. So that's <laughs> no, good. So, I doubt that. No, this was a long time ago, no, and, and it served me well as a as a reference, as a visual reminder of, you know, when I have something good or, you know, love is one of those things. And, and you know, I like to think of it when I'm talking about local the local economy and supporting local business as well. You know, the more you do, you, the more you draw out and share, the more that will come even though it's you know sometimes i've just at one point i thought to myself oh well how can that be you can't just have more but even if it stays at the same level it's always getting back to that level it's replenishing what you've taken out and given away Mm -hmm. so in that way there's always more there's an infinite amount that's what reminded me of it yeah that's great that's all good point yeah, no, I think um, unless um, speaking of you know m- money and things like that, we've been talking about. I mean, let's let's mention your career now, right? If yeah. you don't mind, no. uh, Veterans Lending Group. Um, but tell yeah. us a little bit about. I, I'm a realtor, so I, I think that was really awesome how Jared and I met. Um, 
I believe, was it Jessica Rowan? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, family She's, friend for a yeah, long, long time. Family yeah. friend yeah. And, and local realtor. Yep. Um, she she just you know said, hey man, you need to you need to meet you know call call Tony, meet him, you know, um, you know, because I'm in the business and yeah. you know we're always looking for. I mean, we have our people, but at the same time, you you don't want to just ha- you want to hand as many. I mean, if you can offer something that somebody else can't, that's the whole business. You want to help the client and right. really you know that's what we kind of look for. So so Jared called me and I mean it was instant like yeah let's t- talk about a little bit of business and then we just kind of chatted about life you know yeah, and just sure. like we're doing right now and that's what i love that's why i wanted to start doing the shows because i mean i care more about your life than i do about whatever business right. or anything like that and that's and sometimes you get called and not that you were cold calling you had a you had a reference like a sure. friend so that wasn't it was like a, it was like a warm, little warm call <laughs> yeah yeah it was like hi sure. Tony. you know so you know when you get those that are just so impersonal and they're like hi uh you know uh, we're, we're a referral business would you like 25 percent of our you know right. like, i'm looking sure. for tony barnett yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is tanya there <laughs> but uh but no anyway jared and i talked about yeah. life instantly it was like a, it was like i could really you know, see that you were, you know, this authentic person, you know. So oh, that's why you. I wanted to get you on, too, man. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, and plus, you, I mean, if I come to find out you have so many really stories to tell yeah. that are, you know, happy, sad. I mean, just everything. I mean, you yeah. have a real, you know, you've been seen a lot, you know. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, we'll get to a little bit of that. But let's talk about Veterans Guardian. Uh, your VA, uh, do a lot of VA loans, but also some other things as well. Do you want to talk about your career now? Yeah, so Veterans Lending Group is a, a company that was started by uh, Mike and Brooke Villano. So they, what they realized was they worked for um, a different company before, and they realized that veterans, which I didn't know this until I started working for them, there's only about 20% of veterans understand their VA loan or use it, which I was astonished by. But they have taught, before I joined them, of course, thousands and thousands of classes through thousands of hours on, you know, on base and different you know VFWs, that kind of thing. And most veterans say stuff that would be, to me now, is kind of shocking. Like, yeah, I used my VA loan 12 years ago. It's too bad I can't use it again. Somebody said that to me two weeks ago. And I almost fell down. I said, well, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, explain to me what you're saying. And they said, well, yeah, you only can use it one time. I've heard that 50 times now. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's not true. You, you can use your VA loan as many times as you qualify for over and over and over again. And they didn't, they were just completely shocked. And so I think that that niche is to, to serve, right? I mean, that's what I've done for a long time. And I feel like that's why you know, we hit it off, right? Because I don't, it's a relationship business. I don't care about, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing okay on my own. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm only doing this to help veterans and to make sure they get what they deserve or, 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 so they can buy some of what they help protect, right? That's kind of what I, I the way I think of it. And so educating veterans and, and, and helping them get loans and making sure they, you know, become homeowners if that's what they want to do, that's what we're all about. And almost our whole company is either a veteran or a spouse. So we have hundreds and hundreds of years. So what other people call and say, I've had this other lender and I tried to explain to them I was moving from Texas to wherever, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't understand that. Of course, they didn't understand it internally like hey moving is not easy i think i've pcs 11 times or something in my wow. career mm-hmm. so every time you move especially with the family and all it's just you know it can be a pain in the butt but also your your basic allowance for housing your bah changes well if your lender doesn't understand that and they wouldn't intrinsically understand that because they weren't in mm-hmm. so i think veterans serving veterans is is kind of how i think of it and that that really helps right so if i can be of service to a realtor 
and you get to serve a lot of veterans here. When I was a kid here, there was hardly any veterans in Southern Pines, mm-hmm. you know, the Moore County area. Now, in the last 15 years, there's tons of them. So you get to, Tony, you get to serve a lot of veterans, which is great. So if I can help out with that, that's that's what I'm about, right? To try to help them get, you know, get the best interest rate they can, get the home loan, make sure they understand what they can use. Because a VA loan is amazing, right? There's no money down. You don't have to pay private mortgage insurance, PMI. Um, you can refinance with the Earl. I don't know if you've heard of that, the interest rate reduction refinance loan. You can refinance with that, and it's, mm. it's like a streamlined loan. Okay. Very easy to do. Don't, don't even need an appraisal most of the time. So those kind of benefits, and, and every time I teach a class on this, they, there's veterans that come up to me, I didn't know any of those things you just mentioned. So I, I have a, 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 a passion for teaching finance, and I, have, I did that as a volunteer thing in the Air Force for 21 and a half years, and the, all the years I taught classes on how to buy a car, how to get a mortgage, you know, how to budget, those kind of things. And so this just seems to me to be an extension of that, that I get to help veterans get a loan, home loan for their house, and I'm all for it. So I think that's that's a great thing about working for them. That's awesome. And since you've just mentioned it, where would somebody contact you or find information on on your, you know, on what is a veterans? Veterans Lending Group. Yeah, so yeah, I've just went to veteranslendinggroup.com. We have an office here on Pennsylvania on the other side of the tracks. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, just right here. So, but um, they can just reach, you know, just go to that website. And and the great thing is we lend in all fifty states. So oh, cool. Uh, well, a lot of our uh, people that come to us are, you know, from here and they're going to somewhere else. Well, they don't want to you know, find a new, right? We can find them a realtor if they don't have one or if they're coming in. Of course, I have Tony and and people like Jessica that I can give them to. And I trust that you will take great care of my veteran, right? That's how Mm -hmm. I think of it. And it's personal, right? So, I mean, I think you're allowed to take some ownership of somebody that you're working with. I think so, yeah. And especially if if they're a vet and, and, you know, feeling, and and they know that I'm a vet. And my my wife is, is an active duty officer as well. So I'm a spouse now too, which I keep forgetting to say that because it's so new to me that you know it's only been the last year that i've retired so mm-hmm. being a spouse is a little i have a spouse id card now it's kind of weird for me to be the, you know i was the you know been in longer and the kind of the, the guy that drove the assignments and all that stuff and now i'm the spouse so you know hey but yeah. uh yeah so I, I i'm you know thrilled to be able to do it but yeah if they go to veteranslendergroup.com they can they can find all the resources they have we have all kinds of um we have like a mortgage calculator to see what it you know what they're their uh, mortgage would be if they wanted to buy this particular house because people are concerned right now because interest rates are higher a lot higher than they were you know just this time last year you yeah. could get i think we did uh, somebody we did a loan that was uh, 1.9 or something like that wow, yeah. <laughs> the lowest one i saw and <laughs> and now you know seven is not unreasonable mm-hmm. somewhere in there so that's a huge difference in your payment month to month so we've, i've gotten a lot of calls and emails and questions about how do i you know, what do I do? Do I buy the house or do I wait and, and hope interest rates come down? So those are those are questions we get a lot. And so just it's really more about, I think, educating the, the people. And, and then they're going to make their decision, right? We're, we, the great thing is we don't, we don't try to push anything. We, we're just a service. If you need a mortgage, we can help you. We have great service. We have great rates. If you, you know, just need education, I, I'll come teach a class. Uh, I offer to teach a class anytime, anywhere, you know, go teach a class on, well, anything to do with finance, but especially in this, in this vein about the VA home loan so they can learn. So then they can make great 
great decisions. The best cool. thing about being a realtor or a mortgage broker or lender, you know, I think the real successful ones are that's their that's our job. We we educate because there's so much misinformation out there. Right, like you just said, like your your soldiers didn't know you could use it more than the VA loan right. more than once. Well, there's a lot of people that think that just the the I mean, still that the housing like in Moore County, like it's crashing hard and it's right. about to die, and you can you can you know get things for, for you know no. that's yeah. not the case, you no. know. So it's it's our job to, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're not supposed to know. That's why you're right. you're the professional. And I think the most successful ones. I mean, our job is the responsibility is on us to educate our clients because if you don't. I mean, there's just there's already so much misinformation going out there, and I think the most successful people in general are the ones that that try to be try to advise, but also, like you said, you don't you're not pushing anything on anybody. You're like, look, here's the scenarios. This is my. I mean, what I try to do in real estate is I I talk too much. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> uh, so you know, I tell my nice. clients up front when they first meet me, like you know, I talk a million miles a minute. I'm gonna try to tell you every scenario. Nice. And you know, hey, you pick. This is where I would go probably, but. You know, this is your decision, and uh, you know I think that's the biggest thing. I tell them to tell me to shut up if I'm talking too much. You know, but I, I, I feel that responsibility on me. Yeah, you know, like it is a responsibility. It is, and you know? and the business will follow if you do it the right way. If if you're doing it the wrong way, it'll be okay for a little while, but it's going to go away, right? That's that's not a lasting thing. If you do it the right way, the business will follow. And we've had some, you know, a, a very very successful 2022, and I think we're going to have an even better 2023. But it's only because of that, right? You do the relationship thing and. And the the business will follow that. Absolutely, you can't help but be successful financially as well, I guess. But we've served so many veterans that it makes me proud to be a, a part of the company. So I am thrilled to do it. It's awesome that you can still, you know, after retirement, you can still be a part of that, serving, you know, your community and your colleagues and you know, yeah. soldiers. So that's really it's really awesome. And a lot of people, you know, here, I mean, here we're kind of a lot of the lenders. Obviously, they offer VA loans, and, and yep. they're they're familiar with them sure. somewhat. Um, and, and realtors too, like, but if you go anywhere else, there's not a base around people have never done a VA loan in their right. life. And That's they're true. like, what, what is that? You right. know, like you just, they just don't know. Sure. So it seems kind of common here, but it's, I mean, it's not common in the United States because if you think about the, the VA in general, I mean, there's a lot of soldiers that have served and thank God, but over the grand spectrum of what the population is, it's really small. So yeah. You know, 1%. That's a, yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. One? It's just wow. 1%. Right. Isn't, that, wow. ma- isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Yeah. It's hard to believe that, you know, a lot of countries still conscript people into serving, but we quit, you know, doing the, what the draft went away in 70, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. I mean, After so, Vietnam, yeah, yeah. So it's a very, very small percentage uh, that, that do serve and, and have served. So yeah, mm. you're right. It is very spread out. And, and if you're not somewhere close, like you're, you're hope, yeah, Pope and Fort brag and all that stuff is huge here i mean uh but if you go somewhere else and and maybe in tennessee there's some guard bases right but there's not an active duty base so yeah you're not likely to find but you are going to find veterans that live there that still need that service so we get to serve them the people that have retired or or separated or whatever they've done and of course the, the active duty people that are moving around every two to three to four years sometimes one year i've talked to people that moved after seven months i mean can you imagine like you bought a house over here and you're now moving seven or eight months later because of whatever happened and uh, i mean that takes some that takes some talking and then you know i'm the same way once you get me talking i won't shut up but that's what people need right they need a sometimes they just need somebody to listen and and then if you can help as well that's i think that's a bonus so yeah yeah i had a client uh two and a half years ago the same i mean they were young couple um the wife was actually serving in the military, um, and the husband was a spouse, and they had one small child and another one on the way, and bought a new construction in Piners, you know, uh, 
were thinking about staying here. You know, that, I mean, at least they thought they had at least three or four years, yeah, right? You always do. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, it was scary for everybody. I'm sure, completely scary for them. This not just this isn't my story. This is theirs. But they were just like about three, two, three weeks in when they're getting kind of week two away from closing. They're like, uh oh, like they got Man. some news from above that yeah. they might not be here right. next year. And so that, I mean, can you imagine they're buying this big property, you know, this thing that costs, I mean, it's a serious purchase. Sure. You know? And so it was, it was kind of questionable whether they wanted to go through with it or not. I right. mean, rightfully so. So I can't imagine, you know, so that's, I can't imagine just being told where to go. That's another reason why just this, the the sacrifice that I respect so much of soldiers and their spouses and their families. Cause that is that's got to be so hard, you know, just to be told where to go. It's and it's good and bad, right? In some ways, it's good because you don't have to think about there's it. There's a security. There is a little bit, right? They just say, "Hey, you're going." Like we were stationed in Germany. You're going to Germany, okay? All of us, yeah, the whole family, <laughs> all seven of us. Okay, great. Uh, that's uh, interesting. To how you're going to work all that out? Those logistics. Oh. You got to ship your car or cars wow. over there. You only get one if you're. So we were mill to mill. We got two, mm. but you only get one. So now you you've had most people have nowadays, right? You have two cars because you so many things going on. You imagine now you get over to Germany, you got to find a car, or wherever you're going, you got to find a car. You got to try to find a house. You're getting paid in dollars, but spending in euros. Wow. I mean, these are things that, that, that the military people face every day, trying to figure it out. And then you you know you you pay for fuel on base, and it's somewhat equivalent to here you know so in the three something right now is what we are but in germany fuel diesel fuel is about seven and a half dollars a gallon uh, so a gallon not a liter I well I'm, I'm translating oh the you water, are yeah because okay. my brother-in-law okay. lives there so i you know he's about set almost eight dollars a gallon wow. yeah so i mean you, you you once you've gone off out of the little protected zone kind of so to speak then you're paying that price to i mean that all these things that you just don't know i mean uh, my wife speaks german so that made it easier for us but most people don't speak German, right? So then you go out in the economy, and it's a whole different world out there. So those stressors, you're right, are are so unique to the military, which is great because you have great stories and, and have traveled and got to do – like I got to go through the channel, which I thought was you know amazing, right? I'd, I'd never done that before. and mm. I thought you actually drove through there, which – Wait, you don't? You, you don't, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah sure. I would love yeah. to hear about that. Yeah, so I, we were going to go to um, – we were lived in Germany. We we're going to go to – to England, right? To, for a four-day weekend, actually. That's how close it is. Which oh, I know it sounds. It's, Europe is so weird that you can just be. You know, you can get a Ryanair flight for like forty-nine dollars and yeah, get I've heard anywhere about that. you want yeah. to. It's the cheapest flight ever. Not to d- degrade them, but oh my god, like you. You might have a seatbelt. You might not. That's the kind of thing. Right? <laughs> Maybe. You have one arm of the seatbelt and not the other arm. Yeah. So we said, well, let's just, there's too many of us to fly, right? Even at $49, like, oh, let's just drive. So you're going 100 miles an hour in your minivan, which is weird because you're on the Audubon. You can go as wow. fast as you want to go. Right. But our, our minivan would only do, so just so everybody knows, <laughs> whoever's listening to this, a Toyota Sienna van will only do 110 miles an hour. That's it. So that's all. It's <laughs> all she'll take before it, it feels like, you know, so might be. Fall. Well, it felt like I, I thought I was Scotty the, on the Star the Trek. It's like, she's breaking up, yeah. Captain. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to handle anymore. Oh, it was gosh. really close. Uh, but uh, so I backed it off like 108. But if you're not going that fast, you're going to get run over. Oh, my gosh. So we get to where the channel is, and there's this, like, huge shopping center. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, you think you're at, you know, like, an amusement park. 
there's tons of places to eat and stay and things to do. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, but where do you drive? You know, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I mean, I, I'm a country boy from Southern Vines, right? And I'm going to drive through the channel where I think I am. It's not possible. And I asked somebody, like, well, you got to buy a ticket. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, right? And you get a certain time. Okay, I can deal with that. Um, they said, well, how are you going to park your vehicle on the train? And I went, what? Like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, you don't drive through the channel, which is 20-some oh. miles. I think it's 25 or 6 miles. I can't remember. You actually drive, literally drive your vehicle on a fully enclosed train. What's it called? It's called like the Star Line or something? Right, exactly, yeah. And it's nose-to-butt you know, vehicles. And you roll your windows down. And you turn off your car, obviously, and you just sit there in the dark. Oh, my God. No I mean, way. It is dark. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Because I've been on a ferry, so that's kind of, when you said that, that's what I was picturing. Right. But, of course, but it's under if, right, yeah. the, the channel. It's, yeah, it's it's very, the, the train is a, a normal size. What are, we, what, what are we, two feet from the train here? Yeah. It's that yeah. size train. But it's, the, the channel itself is very tight. And there are... Uh, hundreds of cars and you just park there and sit there and maybe listen to the radio or whatever but you can't see anything unless you turn on your light so i just went to sleep because you know any time a dad can get a few minutes <laughs> yeah. I, was like, well, I got i got about five minutes into it i'm like yeah, well, you're a dad and not, you're uh, in the military so. yeah there's not much uh going on here right and so i'm just gonna go to i just took a nap buddy and then you stop and you're in england Wow. And they says uh, like you have to unload the vehicle, which is weird. Like driving on or off a train is a, a, an experience I'd never had before. And you get there, and there's a big sign that says, "Don't forget to drive on the other side of the road." Oh, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, good point." Wow. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. So now you're driving your left hand sit vehicle, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I've, sit I've heard on is the so other. Weird. It oh, is. Gosh. It takes two people. I, I and I maybe I'm not the most skilled driver in the world, but it takes for me. It takes two people, right? It had to be my wife helping me remember, because I think if you were driving, you were sitting on the other side. On the other side, it would be a lot simpler. It would make yeah. more sense. Or it'd it's, be weird enough that you would constantly be reminded that sure. Oh, this is different. Exactly. Yeah. But you, if you drove your vehicle, you're driving your vehicles. I'm still in my Toyota Sienna minivan, right? And so my wife is coaching me. Okay, we're going into a traffic circle. So can you imagine? Oh, God. We already have enough trouble at this traffic <laughs> yeah. circle, which is we've had for the last, you know, my whole entire life, uh, even though they expanded it and make it bigger, still tough for people to handle. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain how to do a traffic circle in a minute. As I've driven through about 70 different ones in different countries. Wow. But so you... You have to remember now the traffic circle you're going up to, and you're going to go to the left, left. not okay, to the that's right. That's what I was about to and ask. And you have to exit to the left, and, and so that Chevy uh, Chase uh, movie where he says, "I can't get left." Remember that? That's where <laughs> that's where it comes from, is because you can't figure out what you're doing wrong. And if you got in that circle, and a lot of the uh, traffic circles in, in in overseas have four or five lanes deep, or oh, six lanes deep, gosh. so you could see how if you got it in the wrong lane, you might not ever get out. And that's that. That's the jokes. If you've been to Europe, you would, that's the joke. So, uh, wow. but yeah, so that's that's the channel. It's it's an, an amazing experience. It was it, it, you can't imagine you can go from you know Germany to France or I mean to England. I mean France, sorry, France to England, 
and and be on a train that's under the underground that was dug by some crazy machine and you know it's it's unbelievable so wow. yeah it gave me anxiety just hearing you talk about it because <laughs> yeah. like literally and i'm not i've got anxiety like you know sporadically but i'm not like you know not like super scared of the dark or anything. Right. <laughs> um, but, not super scared. Not super scared. Slightly just, just a, wee, a wee bit. No, yeah. no problem. We've been watching Outlander versus a Segway. Have you seen that before? Outlander? I have seen Scottish. the first seen season. Few, my, yeah. my wife, yeah. have, I think, has seen all of them. But, yeah. you know, I That's knew just, somebody once that was very into the books and she had the audio book so i listened to some of i don't know which book it was but mm-hmm. i've experienced it yes yeah. that, that wanted, is i just to wanted say. to say a wee bit right yeah. i've yeah. always wanted to say just a wee bit um, yeah. but anyway I'm, I'm super scared of the dark but anyway uh, <laughs> i went to uh the mountains of north carolina you know sure. there's a few tunnels right yeah. you know and and i'm not really super anxious about that but when you get in them but they they got lights you know but there's still right, yeah. something about going under a mountain you know you're yeah, like, right. uh, you're driving through a mountain that is not uh normal yeah, right, sure. right. but i, I can't imagine that. being in the dark mm-hmm. you know on a train so you can't even control where you're going it's not like you can say oh, oh, oh snap you know i got i'm gonna turn around right now you know, I, like, uh, I would stuff. hope that there's not water leaking because when i go through i can't remember if, I'm glad I couldn't see. Like, I don't yeah. want to know. <laughs> I didn't want to think about it to Tony's point. I just wanted to sit there and, 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 and get that train was moving, buddy. I, mean, I don't like, remember. I don't know how fast, but it was moving very fast. Oh. So Which yeah. one it was, but it's either in New York or Boston. or There's a tunnel that goes under one of those bodies of water into a big city always in New leaking. England. Yeah. Always yeah. leaking. Yes, and I'm like, Boston, what yeah. is going on oh, here? No. <laughs> always yeah. leaking. Yeah. I know, I've been there, too. Oh, yeah. the one in, There's one in Norfolk, too, or Chesapeake, Virginia, that... It goes under the water. The like bridge for tunnels. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were stationed there at Langley Air Force yeah. Base. So that's the only bridge tunnels in the United States. And that's an amazing thing. So you're on the bridge and you're in the tunnel, just completely underwater. They built that to make sure that the aircraft carriers could get out. So if somebody were to sink the bridge, you couldn't get the aircraft carriers out. And that oh. the, the firepower that can come out of that area is, is, a, is amazing. So they had to do something different. So that, the, I think the... The, the clearance is like two and a half feet Jeez. from the, the bottom of the boat to the top of the, the tunnel. The, wow. the, and so you're driving under the water. So I had to go through that thing all the time, and the traffic's always bad there. Uh. So then you get stuck in it. Uh. Now, yeah. something to be moving, like you said. like you, you're, you're moving, and it's a few minutes or 20-some or minutes on the channel, but then when you're stuck in the the bridge tunnels of the uh, that area. Um, yeah, yeah, and then traffic going into New York from um, – I can't remember. I can't remember what the tunnel's called. I'm like blanking on all this stuff. The Hudson, not the Hudson, but the one if you're coming up, up mm-hmm. from south. Yeah, that would be scary for sure. Yeah, tunnel. I mean, mm-hmm. getting stuck in traffic in tunnels is not cool. Right. No. No. Yeah, for sure. Just, you also over there or anywhere really, you just hope the security is good. You're like, what what happens if somebody right. you know does something to that thing, and then all of a sudden, man, that's my nightmare, dude. Yeah. Seriously, my yeah. nightmare is like underground pitch black like, yeah okay well this is we're not yeah this and, and the thing is you know the oxygen lasts a little while so it's mm-hmm. not like it's instant you know you're just no, like, you're be, just thinking yeah. about how it's going to happen yeah, you know, this or is, when i didn't know this is a horror show call in with your your most terrifying tunnel story well you didn't know that one of your hosts was scared of the dark so no it's, I, I think it's it's good that you admit your fears and, yeah, and yeah. face them right so yes. we're gonna turn the lights off here in just a second yes See, yeah. oh, oh, this is so you're trying. Is this like a uh, inter, interference? Intervention. We're going to close that blind and we're going to turn the lights off and we're going to give it five minutes. But so. it's going to make me a better me, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least make us laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So you, are, you notice you're the farthest from the door. Oh God, that's true. You are kind of trapped. <laughs> that why you put me over here. <laughs> that's why. You, you, so everybody found out that I'm scared of the dark. So it's great. It's really well, awesome. Thank you. Um, that's what. That's what we do here is talk about the real stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think you should have you know call-ins and some and have them talk about. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do call-ins <laughs> on the radio. I've been thinking like That'd maybe awesome. uh, during lo- my lunch period because you know I'm the only one who's here every day, so it have to be me. But like, just I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out because I think it'd be so. It would be interesting interesting. for sure, especially if you brought up a topic like that, right? There would be tons of people call, and they would have the most interesting (laughs) stories about what they're scared of—the spiders or bears or the dark or right, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I want to do it live. Like I don't want to do a podcast recording. I want it to be live. See, then you run into the problem of like, you know, you get that that true crazy person that's like, you know. That make like, it the best. Oh, yeah, right. That's true, but then you got to worry about like censorship. You got to have your fart noise. Oh ready. no, I was saying to Jared earlier, and I don't know if you, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, but I don't need to worry about censorship really, oh, because yeah. I don't broad broadcast a, a terrestrial radio station like using an you antenna. S- say whatever you want to. John. I can, oh, yeah. yeah. Son of a. <laughs> <laughs> We're a family show, Tony. Yeah, also. <laughs> Not that, Tony. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, but well, you know, uh, do you know where your fart noise is now? Yes. I created a fart noise for this show. Oh. Well, uh, Frank and I created. I'm sorry. You're I talented. Oh, you do. That's right here. Oh. Do it again. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the. Ah. Uh, <laughs> There's the. I always forget to turn up my volume slider on it, so I always nice. press it, and I'm like, "Wait, where is it?" And then it's a fancy board. Too. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, this did, was did nice. Did you realize you were going to be on such a fancy, classy I, show? Right. I, I, it's amazing. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back here where I used to sell newspapers, uh, and now oh, doing yeah. a podcast. Oh yeah, can you talk about, about that? that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when I grew up uh, on East Main Avenue, so just mm. right here across okay. the tracks, and, and we were like poor like no meat in the spaghetti poor mm. uh so we you know we did whatever my grandparents had a farm in eastwood and we'd work the farm and help and then of course if i wanted some money i had to make it so someone said hey if you if you can rustle up a few dollars you can go buy some papers at the pilot and then stand on the corner and sell them and you'll make money above what you spent mm. i thought well this is a great idea right <laughs> so i did I, I i rustled up a few bucks and i would sell pilots the pilot you know every day i could uh, or whatever day they were coming out back then i think yeah. back it was three times a week still yeah something then. like that we, right so every my, every time it would be a bunch Friday, of us Sunday. uh so i mean i think anthony uh parks who owns the ice cream parlor he he said he, he would sell papers oh, too really? and, yeah <laughs> graham gully who owns the you know gully's garden center we we all went to high school together mm. so we all talked about our little jobs but yeah i mean I, I think that at the time that i was selling papers unfortunately they put the little a small arcade in the ice cream parlor so they had like three or four like miss you know miss pac-man or pac-man or whatever so a lot of times i would come in here i'd get my whole stack of papers i'd be out there for hours selling them for a quarter that's what it was then i don't know what it is now and i'd take my quarters and i'd go to the ice cream bar and i'd buy myself an ice cream and i'd play video games and then the money would be gone like well this is not really working out (laughs) i gotta figure out a different system here i don't know if this is going to be a career move or not if i can't keep some of the money that i actually spent the last four or five hours it's a valuable lesson and right it is yeah. yeah Money, it, right? it is that that is the most the key money about uh, lesson about money is that it doesn't matter how much money you make it only matters how much money you keep right mm-hmm. that is that is that's the exactly right to your point Tony that taught me that at a very very young age so I'm glad to have that lesson to mm. and uh, you know the ice cream parlor is still there because I 
put so much money into right. that's of right yeah. I told you know, anthony i said the only reason you have this store is because of me you know that right <laughs> to my point you were supporting local economy i always have i think yeah. but you know mm-hmm. doing buying doing uh, locally if we can do it right that's the that's the way to go did everybody have their corner you know, did you have yeah, to, you know, did we you got some fights. We, we did. I got, I got in a, a few, uh, you know, it depends on how big the classic dude was. newsboy fights. Yeah, we did actually <laughs> did nice. have a few like uh, uh, one, one guy ran me <laughs> off for sure. Like he was an older guy and, you know, had been doing it maybe too long and all that. And so he was and I was like. 10 or yeah. like, I'm like okay yeah I'm, I'm gonna go right over there and yeah. I'll just sell over there and just and then he's staring at me from across oh, the no. street <laughs> no one can see, see my stare down it's not very good anyway but I this mean, is, it, is what it looks like above a mustache any stare is good that's yeah. true I didn't have uh, then it took, yeah. it's just taking you, you a, were born with a mustache well I okay. I'd like to think I was uh, but no that, that didn't come till later it takes a little while to get a good mustache going oh it does you have to have the confident i think having yeah. a beard now is very acceptable and y'all have great ones you know by the way so uh, but having <laughs> a mustache you. takes a different you know yeah. you have to have some serious confidence yeah. and you have to have a wife that doesn't mind but my my the real reason it's i true. have my mustache is because of her because i married up <laughs> so that means my wife married down yeah <laughs> I mean, there's no, it's an inverse relationship. There's no way to think about it. It's a one-to-one. Right. So if she married down, then her philosophy was that I always grew my mustache when I was deployed because it it really garnered with uh, the people that I was deployed with. And she said, well, maybe you should keep it like half the year and then the other half the year shave it. She said, because you seem to have two different personalities. And it's like I do get two guys for one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, well, since you married me, you know, married down, then I'll definitely do that for you. No problem. So they'll her drinking. Right. Right. So. It's just uh, last little marriage bit. almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Without straying, you know, it's yeah. just it's just me, which yeah. is great. So yeah, yeah. and I, I got the benefit of, of marrying an, an amazing woman, and 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 uh, she got the benefit of uh, two guys, sort of so, worked <laughs> In out the same body. But that's right. Right. But yeah. I can imagine. I mean, it, that sort of thing. You're right. It does take so much uh, confidence and time and discipline and you know all that uh, to grow one. Uh, but you know, probably when I, when I shave and I grow my beard out every now and then, and my wife hates it you know i do it in the winter time you know it's not i've been shaving it recently but um you know i feel like when you do when you shave it and when it's there like when it's grown and mm-hmm. you're like you sense yeah. of pride right, right. i mean yep. i did this this discipline and you are sort of a different you are person. i yeah. think that's true for all guys you're right because yeah. it is a it is a something that we probably thought about when we were younger right mm-hmm. because if you're 11 12 unless you're you know i went to school with a, a guy that had a beard when he was like 14 or something but yeah. unless you're that guy <laughs> yeah. then most of us didn't and so you when you you're like when i get older i'm gonna Every man says, I think, I'm going to grow some kind of facial hair when I get older. Yeah. And once you can do it and do it fairly well, then you feel like you actually become a man. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I think that's a good I thing. know I look way more B.A. We've shortened oh, yeah. the oh, that's bad, good. That's bad family, you know what? Family right. friendly. Uh, yes. I feel way more B.A. I know I'm never really a B.A. guy. Right. But like, if you feel that way, that that really means a lot, though, right? It if, does. If you yeah. walk out with a, a, like yeah. a theme, I think everybody should have a theme song yeah. when you walk. Like sure. you don't play it out loud or don't. You could take your iPhone and just turn it on as you walk into places yes. and people would be like, oh, my God, this guy is that's, B.A. He's here. Because he, he walked in here with a beard and a theme song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Don't mess with that. Guy. <laughs> Nobody, you're going to, somebody's going to be like, I want to meet that guy. Yeah. 
I don't know who he is, but if you have enough confidence to have facial hair and a theme song when you walk into a place, yeah. you're golden. Yeah. And also, you know, it, you know, it kind of sucks being bald sometimes, but you know, uh, it, 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 there's also some pros to that. You know, if I've got my gnarly beard and I'm bald, I mean, that screams. That PA. is a step. Yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's yeah. a step up. That's true. For don't sure. mess with that guy for right. real. Even though. Uh, you know, there's not a <laughs> BA bone in my body. <laughs> like, well, I shouldn't be advertising that, right? You know, but at least it makes you feel better walking out of you know well, food I, line at I think, ten o'clock. Right? I think or you main, yeah. you maintain that uh, humility, but you know, you can. Ex- I mean, you probably BA and and well, thank you for yeah. That. You know, you yeah. may you might say you're not, but that's just you humility. Yeah, and uh, lulling whoever might step right, on right. you into a false sense of confidence. Exactly. You go. Absolutely. You know? No. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to no. mess around and find out. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> don't test Tony. Yeah, right. That should be your tagline. <laughs> don't test Tony. Yeah, right. No, yeah, please don't because I don't right. uh, <laughs> like it. Exactly. You, have to be, you just depends on how you say it. If you yeah. say don't test Tony, no one yeah, will. Exactly. If, you, if you say it the other way, Please don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I really MBA, so um, that's anyway. right. Uh, oh, that's that reminded me of a story of the selling papers and learning about money and stuff like yeah. that. I think this is. A, I haven't told this story yet. When I was eighteen, my mom helped me get like first. And I, I went to school just because of my birthday and age. Like I graduated Pinecrest like when I was seventeen. So. Um, you know, I, well, actually, I went to Sandhills when I was still 17 and then uh, just turned 18 and went my first semester at Appalachian State. And uh, when I got home for the summer, mom was like, you need, you need to go find some work or something. So she, she hooked me up with uh, this job. She's like, look, you're going to go to Maryland for the summer and work at a, a photograph, tourism photography at these golf courses up there that she happened to know somebody that was doing it. Oh. And turns out the guy that was running it was kind of a sleazeball but she didn't know that uh, but I, I had went with another local girl who's a couple years older than me and they put us up in this this motel six on the side of pocomoke maryland highway like mm. there was a highway and it was in pocomoke maryland was there caviar or no, no God, yeah <laughs> I don't, it was like seriously you know i yeah i'm thankful there was somebody else there with me but we would get up every morning we would go uh to a couple of different golf courses that this guy had like a contract with and we go get up early go over there take pictures of everybody on the golf course and then drive the golf cart around backwards and sell them to people you know so that was my like summer job and yeah. it actually you know it, it, it was nice having an attractive girl next because it was like you know it wasn't me that was selling them, you know? like, sure. right. so uh, i think we all can accept that yeah, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. if we had a girl we'd be selling a lot more yeah so sure. and and that, that was a great experience i, I made money for the first mm-hmm. time in my life i was like and for me is you know great money i was making like you know four hundred dollars a week man oh, doing that is, this that is like, great money wow yeah, you know, this is yeah. good stuff and i found one bar and see and pocomoke was in between uh ocean city maryland and uh close to delaware like the southern part oh, of delaware right, yeah, sure. and so it was uh you know pocomoke was this podunk place we we're about an hour from ocean city but that's where he put us up because he's really cheap you know so he put us up there we had to drive like 45 minutes but uh you know my lesson in money was like oh man i'm making money now you know and i found one bar in ocean city that was an hour from where i was staying that would let me drink they thought i was 21 nice and yeah. the kids don't do this don't uh, do that no. yeah sorry yeah, this is a family show that's illegal it was bad no Tony. it was very bad but uh so I, I would go there every almost every day after that like four o'clock five o'clock you know go over there okay Act like one of the the grown men, sure. you know. Had spend, your own money. spend my money, and then I would even in Maryland they have Keno, right? And I'm oh, and I, uh, I, 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 nice. my first experience with Keno. And, I've uh, never played so. Yeah, it was like you know, 
uh, you, you fill out this paper so while you're at the bar you can even gamble your money sure, away of course you can <laughs> and, and cash so, your paycheck yeah, out there. Sure. Yeah. and i was like oh this is great you know and i remember i got so hooked because i was 18 you know keno like going into work in the morning well I'll just fill out a slip about seven o'clock in the morning you know watch the tv for a second you know get gas and then you know make my money and then go to the bar afterwards and then drive back it's like man i came home that summer with nothing you know nice. my, my mom was like did you make any money over there i'm like no. Yeah, I don't know where it went, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good moral of the story is, you know, hopefully you don't have to learn the hard way, but, you know, try to keep some money if you can't. Don't just blow it on stupid stuff. You know? Exactly. No doubt well, about it. you know, maybe, maybe it's a lot, li- mean, you know, it's a valuable lesson. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to learn it personally yeah, you know you do. i don't think anybody says oh that's great advice you know like, right. when you're a teenager you know like yeah your mom and dad trying to tell you everything you know if you do this if you do that and then i you, mean you, you never do that you I, just, th- I even had a savings account and i was like diligent about always putting my money in there when i was like 11 and of course as a teenager once i got to a certain point probably when i started driving just all my money just gone gone mm-hmm. gone Yep. Yeah. I mean, you you look at a thousand dollars or even a couple of hundred. You yeah, see your first hundred dollar like, bill that you earned and you have, yeah. and you're like, whoa! Seems <laughs> like, like what a ton of money. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. It's a great feeling until it's not when you spent it, you know, <laughs> right. on stupid stuff. And then you yeah. get a credit card and you're like, still learning that lesson. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. College. That's a hard lesson to when learn. When I went to college and when we were that age. It was very predatory. I mean, it's still predatory, but back yeah. then at college, like n- nobody had a job, right? I mean, a- eighteen, you know, you're. I mean, many some people had part time jobs and stuff, but you're 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 probably getting student loans, or at least I was. And you know, the first day of freshman orientation, you know, they got all these credit card companies are yep. here, and they're like, "Come on down, you know, like, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, you need we'll money, you, you don't have gift. a job, right. sweet. Your parents can pay the minimum payments, probably what fifteen dollars, twenty dollars a month. Let's come on down. We'll we'll prove you for five thousand, you know." <laughs> And, uh, you know, I found out the hard way there, you know, yeah. and yeah, that was not fun. You know, I was in debt for a long time, bad debt for a long time, mm-hmm. and I never went bankrupt. And that was, you know, I, I, that was my pride and joy of not ever doing that. But I had a little bit of help, but I always tried to work it off, you know. Yeah. And then over the years, you know, some things bounced my way and, and also did have some support from family and everything. But, you know, you don't want to ever be in that position. But thankfully, they're not as predatory now as they were because some laws have been passed. But, right. You know, yep. yeah. <laughs> like, but finances are a big thing, you know. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an integral part of being an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we don't I don't think we do a, a good enough job uh, teaching about finance. You know, that, I think that, you're right. To yes. understand that, that, like I said, the key is just to to spend just a little bit less than you make that's the hardest part to do because most people as as we've all had that experience that you get a little pay raise and you just let your lifestyle grow a little bit because mm-hmm. you think well what's $50 a month it's not yeah. that big a deal but over 10 or 15 or 20 years that $50 a month could be 3 or 4000 yeah. a month and now you still don't have anything and you've gone to the movies a few more times or you, mm-hmm. you drive a little bit nicer car or whatever. So that's the, the key is, is harnessing the difference between what you spend and what you make. And if you can do that, then you can be, I think, you know, I teach a lot of classes on being financially free. I think that's the key. You have to have that step done because you know, I've, I've counseled people that make $800,000 a year and they still don't have anything. <laughs> Wow, and I've counseled people that have thirty thousand dollars a year and have you know they're going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So you know it just depends on yeah. what you do with the the difference between those two numbers is is how you can uh, become financially free. I and think I, that's important. Yeah, yeah, and I think our our society just pushes that overspending. I mean, yeah. you know, from all the way from government. I mean, I just remember growing up and hearing it's like nothing to be 
in deficit, to be over budget and as the, a government. And that's, you know, I don't still quite, I don't think I still quite have my head around like, wh- why? I mean, is it necessary? Like, I don't know if it's necessary to be over, to have a government that spins over what we draw in. Like, maybe not necessary, but I mean, we've lasted this long, but then there's the, the Federal Reserve that like supports that. And like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really fully, I know how it works, but I don't fully, I feel like I don't, in, haven't internalized like under the understanding of why that's necessary. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know that it is necessary, but I mean, at this point it kind of is. It's like one of those things where you get to a certain point that you can't stop or if yeah, you do, yeah. you'll the, have a, a, all the plates will fall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost like I've never heard that there's ever a surplus, right. <laughs> you know, but right. because it just keeps compounding. But then again, you know, it's like they're the best credit in the world and the worst credit in the world, right. because yeah. who's going to I mean, this is a knock on. I mean, yeah, who's I really going to come collecting the debt? You know, like, I mean, yeah, especially <laughs> right. when that's the a bad debt, way to think, about especially it, when like, the del- debt is held by an organization that is like a part of what is holding the debt. Yeah. You know, even though it's supposed to be separate, and it's an American institute. The Federal Reserve mm-hmm. is an American institution. So, like, how is it really separate? Mm-hmm. Because if America falls, then <laughs> where's the Federal Reserve? <laughs> yeah, but and a lot of other countries own that debt as well. So mm-hmm. that that's their, oh, that's their, right. Their that's incentive. Right. I mean, yeah. China, for example,'s incentive is to make sure that we're doing okay because yeah. we have a you know a symbiotic relationship. That right. we need to buy their stuff. They need us to buy theirs. And, and I forget as long as we about keep that. doing that. It's not just our own debt. It's it's mm-hmm. spread throughout, and, and a lot of other countries owe us a tremendous amount of money too. That we don't talk about that. And yeah. some private citizens hold part of the debt as well they do that's true yeah i mean if you go buy a bond you're you're holding part of that debt so mm-hmm. it's um it's it's hard to grasp around that large of trillions and right. trillions of dollars so you try to make your own economy work right if you can make your own economy work then in this market economy you can be like i said very very wealthy if you can't make it work then you can't be you can't take advantage of all the the tax loop the loopholes are not it's not illegal, right? You just so if you own a you know you own a rental property, you get to depreciate that property over twenty seven and a half years. Well, that's not a loophole. That's what the tax code says. So owning a, a rental property can really be beneficial to people. So you can't fix the bigger the macro right, thing, right. but you can fix. I think I taught a lot of classes at, at high schools and try to teach that, right? Fix your economy, make sure you get on the right step, have an emergency fund, spend a little bit less than yeah, you budgeting. Made, kind of budgeting it's, 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 yeah, and I, I don't like budgeting is like talking about dieting, right? It's mm-hmm. terrible. But if you just, just try to spend a little bit less than you make and move that money somewhere else where you can't see it, mm-hmm. if you just do that, you don't have to budget, right? You know you make this much, this part's gone. Yep. You're saving in your, your 401k, your Roth IRA, your, you have an emergency fund. You start doing those basic things, and you can take it to the next level. If you never get to that basic step, you can't go to the next level. So I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think that um, it is very hard to grasp the, the Federal Reserve. Right, the big and all. Picture. It is. It and is, it's, yeah. it's, it's it would, so much. And it's like trying to really visualize a number that high right no, like I, mean, I understand the concept of a thousand but like well even a number that low tech like comparatively a thousand is just a huge number to try and actually visualize a thousand things you, yeah you can so if you stacked up hundred dollar bills uh, for a million dollars right it would be uh, about three football football fields Wow. Right. So that's, wow. that's a lot of money. Right. Wow. Just, yeah. I mean, imagine looking at a football field and then mm-hmm. two more. But 
how far do you think stacking up those same bills would be if it was a billion dollars? Wow. Uh, 30 football fields? Is right. that right? 43 miles. What? Wow. Right. So think about that. Think about that. Now you're, that's a billion. So now yeah. trillion would be 600 miles probably or something like that. Wow. It'd be crazy. So money is, right, it's, it's incomprehensible. I mean, a million, when you said million when we were kids. Mm-hmm. 300, like, it's 300 football fields. If I just do the straight to math, right? right? Yeah. So that, I did my math wrong anyway. It's crazy. Yeah. So you can't you can't focus on that big a picture. Miles. You just focus on your picture and try to do the best you can with your money. And I don't like I said we don't teach it enough. And our, and our parents didn't learn it from like who do they learn it from to teach it? So I think that's one of my like I said one of my passions is trying to teach those things to make those lessons ingrained in the kids now, and so they'll do better and they'll be able to teach their kids better. And then you know people have be in charge of their money and mm-hmm. you know they can really do something with their life um, and not be constrained by money always because that's a big burden, right? It's a big burden on families. Yeah, we, like my, said, we grew up very poor. My cousin is, you know, I've been in a tight spot you know i think a lot of people can relate to that yeah and uh for sure you know i was talking to him about it one day and i was just so so stressed out i mean i was like on a breakdown level like and he was like you know i say that there's no stress like financial stress and i was like you know (laughs) i feel that very Mm -hmm. acutely right now right i agree and a lot of marriages are 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 troubled by that too and that's why they say i think 63 percent of people that win the lottery are worse off in two years after they won the lottery because they didn't know what they were doing with their 30 grand Mm -hmm. how in the world are they going to know what to do with three million or more somebody won that two billion dollar right yeah. oh, so they yeah. got almost a billion dollars and wow. that would be hard for anybody to try to fathom you made 40 or 50 whatever you're making decent money yeah. mm-hmm. and then somebody hands you 800 million dollars no yeah. way I mean, you I blow th- through that in your lifetime come on i mean i don't care how, how dumb you are if you can blow through well, almost a billion dollars i mean i know it's possible maybe they should make a show out of it so at least to get residual income you know from the show you know, I like, heard you know, a, how to blow a billion dollars. i would say i mean first off i was thinking about it because of that guy won i was like man and i think you could agree if anybody wins that sort of money or any money i think your first step should be to hire a a financial planner and a lawyer. Or, yeah, yeah. You need Actually, to set up a, 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 yeah, a trust and, and have yeah. a lawyer and, and you go put that incognito. money away and let somebody else grow it for you. Like whose job yeah, it is, exactly. you know. And then just yeah. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully they don't just skim skim away right, all your to, money. You have to have <laughs> one set over here and then the other set checking the yeah, other right. set and the third <laughs> set that no one knows about to check yeah, the there two you go. because it would be Private tempting. Investigator to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to have it all. It would take you. It would take six or eight months to figure it out to even be able to grasp if you were want anything in the you know if you want a million maybe not right you yeah. could easily blow that and we get to blow that in five right. seconds yeah. here but mm-hmm. if you won 50 million or anything in that ballpark you'd have to have a team and you'd have to have a lot of time to figure it out It'd be the, very guy, complicated. the guy who um started kinko's was talking in an interview and i don't know who was interviewing about after he sold to fedex like and he had a billion dollars or whatever and mm-hmm. he was like man I just made the worst decisions. Like he bought a jet, you know, like things that probably a lot of people would consider doing. He probably yep. bought a house, bought a jet, bought a car, a yep. few cars, or a supercar, which you know could pay, pay, take a Bugatti. Probably, yeah, yeah, take a there decent go. chunk a out of that. You gotta yeah. have one. Woke up in a new Bugatti. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have. It. If you're rich, you gotta have one, right? I, right I, yeah. I, that, you gotta read that uh, Millionaire Next Door, right? That's a great oh, yeah. book to read because okay. they talk about you know most millionaires 
drive Camrys. Yeah, you know they don't so, spend. That's why they're millionaires. <laughs> right. <I> mean, <laughs> Warren Buffett drove like a, a Lincoln Town Car that was ten years old until recently. So yeah. you know, I mean, like, and he had <laughs> billions of dollars. He didn't care. He lived in his house that he you know paid for twenty five wow. years ago, and he could obviously buy anything he wanted to buy. It's amazing. So you know. I mean. To your point, just spend less than you make. Yeah, it's hard. it's right. not easy to do. I think the, yeah. the the trick is to make it automatic. Right? You have to set up an account and make that money go away from you because it's it's too tempting if you let it sit mm-hmm. in your account. Yeah, I'm gonna do it after my all my bills are paid and and the months over. I'm gonna put it over. It, it doesn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've done a lot of counseling and like I said, that never works. You have to do it the day. You have to pay yourself first, like you pay your mortgage. Right? If you take it as as seriously as paying your mortgage or your car payment, which most people do, right? You try to always pay those two on time, all the time. If you pay yourself first too, you'll always be in that the right way, mm-hmm. and you can always grow from there for sure so and it is obviously it's harder the, the least amount of money you make um and and you know the cost of living is ridiculous Very, now yeah. so we can completely understand that it's hard to save money for a lot of people but i'll tell you like a story of when when i was a professional musician and i like to say that word professional because I, I did it for mean, 12 years you did it you know, that's you all i did yeah now did i make money yeah did I really make any money? No. You know, like I did. Did You're BA for that one reason. Uh, right. right. At least. Yes. You, you yes. are. Exactly. You are a professional musician. Oh, thank so. you. Yeah, well, I felt, I felt pride in that. But, um, you know, I'm very fortunate now that I'm a realtor. You know, even though being a realtor takes a lot of financial, you know, you have to be smart with it because you can have a month that you make more money than you've ever made in a month in your life. But then the next two, three months, you might make, make zero. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but it's, but it, then again, it is easier. It's not, uh, it's easier being a realtor because, you know, you, you make a good, a good sum of money. So it's really sure. a whole lot easier when you see a, a bigger pie and you can be like, okay, well, I can live off this for two months, this taxes. And then, man, I still got a little bit here for, let's put it into the stock market or whatever, sure. or a fund or a savings account. But when I was a musician, and this is when I had a lot of debt too. So, but you know, when you have cash in your pocket, you know, yeah, because yeah. I, so, I got paid in cash a lot back sure. then. And you know, I played four or five gigs a week, and I'd make a couple hundred dollars a gig. And uh, for for me, that was you know. But you didn't think about the gas, the you know, the equipment. I mean, you thought about it, but um, you know, you get paid so like every day. Sure. So you're like, when you get paid every day, you're like, oh, I got a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. And then a hundred dollars is gone. Oh, I got paid again today. That's sure. great. That's awesome. So when you get paid like every day, and it's uh, you know, it's not like it's grand amount of money. You're. It was really hard for me to really understand. Hey, I need to. I need to get this out of my wallet and yeah, put it somewhere. Exactly. You know, even though back then, you know, if I, I mean, I, I in spring and summer, I'd make you know, eight hundred dollars a week. You know, yeah. six seven hundred. I mean, good weeks. That's good. That was good money if I would have put it away somewhere. You sure. Know? But I didn't do that. You know, so it's easier for me now. But it, I get it's hard. But um, you know, it helped me to learn how to really. And I still spend a little frivolously, unfortunately, sometimes because I'm fortunate enough to have a decent business now. You know, and you're right. The more you make, the more you spend. Because you're yeah. like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, the, it's well, easy. Yeah. It's easy to do. Yeah. So, but don't do that. <laughs> Right. Same. Lesson for the kids. Yes. Right. Yeah. Save even at least some of it. Yeah. Even if I started 401k, you know, after I started working here, and even if it's $50, you yeah. know. Yeah, because it lowers your taxable income, so it lowers your taxes, so you pay less money to the government that might be spending 
frivolously, right? Oh, I mean, and sure, you get yeah. to keep. And if your employer matches, then that's fifty percent return. Hundred percent. I didn't so, start it when I first started working here, and I just think back on the mm-hmm. few years, couple years, and I was like, you know, I just missed out on all that. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So definitely, those kind of things you definitely should take advantage of if you can. You know, like yeah. I said, some people can't, but if you can, then do your best to, and, to do that. You know, I should probably know this, um, but. Say uh, if you have an employer who matches on a 401k and you're on their 401k plan, like you can, st- even if you move on to another job, you're still part of that plan, right? You can you can keep it and not contribute to it anymore, right. or you could have it transferred the the amount of money transferred over to your account to your new employer's account. So either way works. So some people leave their money, but then you can't give any more to it. So mm-hmm. you usually want to mm-hmm. transfer it over to your new job, okay. so you can give more money because what we we try to what I try to advise is people dollar cost average, right? You you buy some every month because you don't know this might be the worst day to buy stocks today, right? It might be the worst and tomorrow might be the best. So you have to just buy monthly or mm-hmm. weekly or whatever you're doing, buy regularly and then you, you know, but if you leave your account with your old employer, you can't give anymore because that 401k is an employer-employee relationship. Right. It's not something you can, once you have the account, you can't give more money to if you worked at you know a different place you can't give more money there you'd have to give it here where you are so thank you no problem yeah. that's free yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, see, that's what it's about the trains coming you know yeah, yeah. trains a, good old trains that's right the train yeah um I know we've been, and this has been fun. It's easy. It's yeah, easy. It's easy. We have guests where we can just talk and talk and talk. There's so many, and I feel like we've missed a lot of the like interesting stuff in the bio. So, if you don't mind, let's talk about um, what what got you into the military. I know you said your family, and we'll try. I wish we'd have talked about this more, but it was fun talking about yeah, just the random was, things so that came up. So, I mean, there's nothing. But yeah, we'll have to get you on again, Jared. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely want to hear your your story, your military story. Yeah, and how yeah. did you get into it? Your family, you touched on it a little bit. So. Yeah, so I grew up, uh, like I said, here in Southern Pines, Aberdeen area, and I uh, spent a lot of time. My mom was a single mom most of my life, so she was working you know, a couple jobs and everything. So I grew up with my grand- grandparents in Aberdeen a lot and my grandparents in Eastwood. So both of them had served, right? My grandpa, um, his last name was Black. He lives in, lived in Eastwood, and he served in World War II in the Navy. And my grandpa, Revis, um, he grew up. He was in the Air Force, and he served uh, 20 years in the Air Force and was in World War II and the Korean War. So I got to go to Pope when it was grand. Like, it was an air composite wing, which had every type of aircraft back then. So you could go see, like, F-15s, F-16s, C-5s, 131s. I mean, all kinds of just – it was amazing to go there. And we would go, I don't know, once a week to the commissary, you know, and shop. And then we'd go bowling for a little bit and have a hamburger or whatever. And so I grew up. I felt like I grew up as a brat, even though I wasn't. My dad wasn't in, mm. um, or my, my mom was in the army for one day because she worked for um, what paper? She worked for a paper in Aberdeen, and she did a story. And so she did one day in the army, and she almost crashed a helicopter. Oh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a good story. Wow. So um, yeah, so she, so being around it right every day, I felt like that that would be what I would do, but I I didn't. I I uh, I. I became a mortgage guy back before I joined the Air Force. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was I worked at UPS here to pay for college, so that was arduous uh, 
you know, that's that's some hard work for sure. Five to eleven or twelve o'clock every night, you know, mm. five days a week, slinging boxes, that kind of thing. So, I did that, and then I actually went to App for one year oh, myself. Okay. Right? Awesome. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't graduate, but I did go. I, I didn't graduate either. So, <laughs> hey, we can start a club. <laughs> great. Yeah. I, I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and I took my daughter, uh, who's seventeen, and you know, to see the college, and she's like, "You graduate here, Dad?" I was like, "No, no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, I took me a little bit longer to get all my degrees straight and all that, but." Anyway, so I don't know something about I always felt like uh, serving, you know, and my uncle was in the National Guard unit, which is still here. Right. He's still on whatever that is. He was a tank commander and I got to be a part of that some. And that was like the coolest thing to go see his tank. It was his tank. like He owned it. Right. I mean, not really. But but how it felt like I had the shirt that said his tank and company and this and that. And so after I'd been uh when I left home and went to college and did all that stuff, I, I was in a mortgage business for a while. And then someone taught me into being in the car business, which I couldn't, I don't, to, I'm glad I didn't have my mustache thing. Cause then I would be like, I'm selling <laughs> used cars with a big mustache. Like that's really cool. <laughs> if I drove a van then it would put you in a special FBI folder. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, but I, I went to go buy a car and the guy said, you should sell cars. You could make a lot of money. And I'm like, I don't want to sell cars. I'm in the mortgage business. He's like, look, you can make twice as much money. And I was like, hmm, twice. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't really want to sell cars, but twice as much yeah. sounds pretty good. So, uh, yeah, so I was in Asheville, actually. That's oh. where I was in Asheville and worked for a, a company there and uh, studied on them for like three or four weeks to make sure I could do it, you know, like learn their systems and all that stuff. And their, their owner was a brilliant man and, and taught psychology huh. about to sell cars and i was like what like, this blew my mind yeah. and so i i learned all those lessons while i still had my other job and then i decided okay i'm gonna do it and i sold 26 cars my first month wow which is Dang. i mean i don't know you know nowadays if that's a lot but at the time it was tremendous amount of cars and i made a tremendous amount of money i'm like well this is my, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm meant to be right, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna sell cars i didn't really but after a while right you just it's a that, grind, that, isn't it? it is a grind. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's seven days a week usually. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of get out of my face, right? Because what do you say to a car salesman when he gets up to you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I, just, I, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Right. Which is always right. a lie, right? Yeah. Because we always said buyers are liars, right? Because you're not there. Like, nobody's <laughs> hanging out at a car dealership on Saturday. Like, you're not doing that for no reason. I mean, unless you're at a Ferrari. Like, right. If you're at a high end, we don't have those kind of dealerships here. But if you're at, at a high end dealership, maybe. But yeah. if you're at a Ford dealership or a used car lot, nah. Yeah. You're there to look. Mm-hmm. So, but the way he taught us psychology made sense and I, and it just worked. But after a while, like I said, the, the grind just, and the money wasn't worth it. And I didn't feel like I was serving anything except me. Mm-hmm. And I thought I always, I'd been in the army national guard when I was at app, I was in their program where you oh, could okay. be in the guard and be in their ROTC program. Huh. And then I, I didn't do that anymore after I left college. So after I'd been in the carpets for, I'm like, you know what? I've, I've got, I've just got to do it. And it, turned out to be that i joined six march of 2001 hmm. so wow. think about the timing of that it was it really was felt like a calling I, I mean i don't know if you felt like that with your music career but it felt like i had to like i had to do it no matter what mm-hmm. and after i'd got in uh i went to lackland where everybody goes in the air force for basic training and i like said i was enlisted and i went to pensacola florida for my training to be i, I worked on aircraft uh, helicopters and, and planes to to the metal that's on the outside is called sheet metal, right? So that's what I did. I bent the metal, hmm. riveted it, put the planes together, really. Wow. Really cool job. But I was in the middle of tech school, and then it's September 11th. Wow. 
And I knew I was in the right place, right? I knew that that all that thinking about it and, and turmoil about whether I should leave something, because I went from making pretty good money to being an, an E3. Now, you're talking about backing up your lifestyle? Like, holy moly. Like, I mean, what a shocker to the system that was. But I didn't care as much because I knew, especially once, you know, like I said, I was in tech school and we were on a break and the news started coming in that, we're at war, right? Like this is for real. And and they locked that base down and they put up these helicopters and flew around the base all day with guns pointing mm. and you couldn't get off or you couldn't get on the base or anything. And, and, and people, it was crazy. Even in the military, it was crazy because these are all new people to the, to the, the it's, a, it's a Navy base, of course, but it's a joint training platform. Mm. So all these kids, kids, I say, I was 27, so I wasn't a kid, but everybody else was very young, and they were really upset, like crying and stuff like that, like in formation, crying. And we had to we had to have some like really, you know, they call them come to Jesus kind of talk, like, look, this is, this is why we join. Right. We're doing, we're going to get to do the good work of our country now, and this is the call to action. You know, if you joined because you wanted to, your uh, GI benefits, you're gonna have to earn them now, right? There's hard, very hard discussions to have because you couldn't, you could tell the people that had joined for that reason or, you know, benefits, or nothing wrong with that. But you also could tell the people that really joined because they wanted to, to be a part of something. And so fortunately or unfortunately, from my tech school, right, not even in my re- unit till the day I retired, we've been at war. Mm-hmm. So my whole you know livelihood in the, in the military was um trying to well I, I i evacuated people out that's what i did for my job mainly so i didn't have to worry about the political landscape i only worried about the airman or the soldier or the you know the marine that was on the ground and getting them home or you know so i think that was that's what was great about my job is that uh, unfortunately we were at in that period where you know, all that was going on, but I got to be a part of it in a good way that no one could argue that, you know, you're doing the good work, right? You're, you're helping people that are in distress. And I think that's, you know, very important. Mm. Were you a pilot? No. So I did aeromedical evacuation. So I was the, the guy that helped coordinate the, the helicopters or the aircraft coming in to get the, the soldiers, airmen, Marine that were hurt into a better level of care. Mm. So I don't, you know, I'm not, you wouldn't want me to touch you. Like if I was, you know, if you were hurt, <laughs> I'd put my finger there and call somebody oh, else. Gosh. Right? I'm not a medic necessarily. I've had to do a lot of that. Put your finger here, oh, you know, and, 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 uh, and turn my head and, mm. uh, you know, get somebody else in. But no, I was not a pilot. I flew on the back of, you know, a lot mm. of, I, I got to seal, I was, uh, serve with seal team three for a little while, mm. which is really, you know, eye opening and the green brace from here in Fort Bragg, which is, you know, homecoming for me. So seeing you know, that operation and being a small part of a, a small um, special medical unit to help them go do what they do, which is so humbling to be able to see it. I mean, to be just a tiny little yeah. fraction of, um, you know, you try to, I think the SEAL commander that I worked for said, he said, I didn't realize the benefit you your team brings. Cause I had an orthopedic surgeon and anesthesiologist and, you know, general surgeons. I mean, it's a serious team, but only seven or eight, nine people total and we would just attach on to the the teams and go do whatever they needed to do but the seal team commander said to, to me and my team he said i didn't realize that you allow us to bring the rage 
And I thought, man, that's amazing. If somebody of that caliber, like a SEAL team commander, would tell you that your team helped him, which he meant, what he meant by that is my guys knew that if they got in trouble, if they got to me with their eyes open, they're getting home, right? right. We're going to do all, no matter what it costs, no matter what it took, my team will, to, to, will patch them up and get them back so they could fight harder because they knew that we were back there behind them not very far behind them but you know right there very close and uh, that was uh, you know a great experience for me so that's what I built my career on was doing that kind of work yeah so I was very busy unfortunately right I mean Right. Um, so that's why I hope we'll get to talk about, you know, in a different time period to get to talk about yeah, PTSD and those kind of things uh, to make sure the the airmen, the soldiers, the sailors are that are experiencing that. Like I do, I have, I have PTSD just for the, the record. Um, talk about it and go get help. You know what I mean? And don't hide behind. And I don't mean hide behind it. I mean, it's easy to put it off. Withdraw, it, I think, is a great yeah, way I mean, to. It, or keep busy. Right, that's what I did. I just kept mm. busy. I kept deploying. I kept going out. I kept doing more. But once I took my foot off that pedal, which I think a lot of our, our service members experience that, uh, man, it can be tough on you. So you you need to get the help or just talk to a chaplain or whoever, right? It doesn't matter. Talk to your somebody you can really trust, of course, because it's very emotional and deep to do that. But it's very important mm-hmm. to, to get to be able to do that, to talk about it and, and get it out there because they have seen – you know, a lot of in the last twenty some years now, we've seen so much carnage, um, ours and theirs, and it's it's a very emotional thing. And and sometimes we don't admit that we want to be tough and we can do it. And, and you can, everybody can. I, I agree. But once I started talking about my trauma, I couldn't believe how much less I felt like I weighed. Right? That that mm-hmm. really helped me to be. Um, a better dad, a better husband, you know, a, a better airman, really, right? A, a better everything, because I finally let that burden down a little bit. It always stays with you. You can't get rid of it. It's not like you're, it's, you know, it's kind of like being an alcoholic. I hear that you're once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Once you have PTSD, you have PTSD. So, yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I don't, I know we've been chatting a while, but I think that's a an important thing to talk about. So, um, and I'm I, I'm surprised I didn't. Did we just going naturally into those things but this yep. is uh this is important you know i'm uh we've had uh some retired green berets bones fork the band has mm-hmm. been on here mm-hmm. uh, we've talked we've opened up about that sort of thing we've had uh you know um hatchet uh, owners of a hatchet on here we've had a lot of military people and and even regular not i say regular you know civilian yeah, people yeah, have civilians. you know everybody yep. deals with something right and we've yeah, talked I mean, about we talked therapy. about it in the we last talked, episode which yeah. was two weeks ago but yeah. yeah, we talked about therapy that yeah. day. You Anxiety, know? you know, these things that do exist and uh, and the things that you, you know, you I can't imagine that you've been through a lot of soldiers have seen and everything. So it, and that's a great passion of my life is I, I haven't I've been fortunate enough to not ha- I, I wasn't in the military. My parents were Air Force for four years, just, you know, did their four years and sure. left. And that's where that's they great. met. Uh, but we, you know, we weren't a military family, you know what I mean? Like we didn't see all that or do that. Um, but I'm super thankful for it. And I grew up around right outside of Fort Bragg. So now as I got older, I realized the importance of it. And many of my friends and many of my colleagues are Army, Army spouses, you know, military, Air Force, you know. And you see the sacrifices like they make just, you know, with this last deployment right when Russia was doing that, you know, the kind of the special forces group that, you know, they're on a moment's call and they go yeah. in 24 hours, they got to be on a plane for months. Across, right. and, and their spouses are like, 
what you know yeah. and then not just the spot but then they're like okay well i got to prepare mentally for this and those types of things that you know i just can't imagine the amount of stress and, and um and trauma and everything that you see and and it is important and it's a passion of my life to try to do that so i've joined you know camp resilient yeah. um who that's their whole goal is to get soldiers and their families outside into the nature and and do you know nature-based therapy equine therapy um yoga just whatever you can do to get out just simple things and, and you know i'm fortunate that i haven't been able to have to experience that sort of trauma you know and I, I but I, I empathize like i respect it so much that you have to you i can't imagine what you've seen and what you've done and that's why it's a passion for me to help you know if i in any way i can to support those people that have been through that you know right so. no i think that's great and, and any any programs we can come up with that, that give people an opportunity because you never know what's going to connect with them is it a dog is it a cat is it the horse right is it the outside is it talking to the chaplain is it talking to a, a, a male counselor a female counselor? I, I don't know i mean everybody is different is it fishing right maybe it's fishing i've always thought counseling should be when you're walking right if you're walking side by side you don't have to look at somebody it might be easier to talk about those hard problems mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the, the thing that works for you whatever works for you is what you should go do but i would suggest as just you know an old dude now the, that you do it sooner than later because that process does take time it's not a quick fix it is a it is a process and it's going to take some some work and some uh, rawness right you know so you have to get started as soon as you can because then you can begin to heal and like i said you'll be lighter is is the best way i could think of it just a little bit lighter for it and if you are then you could be a better service to everybody that you're around and i think that all military members and their spouses deserve that they've given so much spouses give just as much i think really putting up with you know the, the military people gone so i think that you know we have to do a better job and, and, and get more people involved in that process because we can only all benefit from it right we have a better service if you're still serving you know, have a better community if you're retired or separated or whatever you might be because all gave some, right? That's the same. And that's no doubt. All gave some. No doubt about it. So we, we, I think that's a great passion you have. And I'm really excited to be, you know, help for, if I can help with that too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and also I'm really excited to um, work with retired major um, Jason Houck. Um, we, he was one of the founders of Camp Resilient. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's an author. I mean, he's a published author. That's sure. what he does now. And he also teaches as well. Um, and, but he, you know, puts puts out a book every year you know like right. that's a, it's a pretty cool thing you know he's retired and that's what he does and um he's always wanted to write songs and i've always been a songwriter and a singer sure. and, and we got together you know a month ago and and he had these words already that he'd been thinking about and it's it's really it's about trauma and, and sure. stress and and trying to prevent the, the ungodly amount of suicides that happen every single day in our military and i mean the song i, I had this this one th- he came up with all the words he already had it in his mind and i just just came the music came out of me it's the first thing i ever started playing nice. i didn't practice this rehearse it it just I started playing a progression and it came out nice. and same with him he's like I, he's just writing while i'm playing you know and i was just singing those words as he was writing them you know like and just came naturally and uh the only thing that i really contributed to like was the title i had i had this this hold on i had that in my mind for mm-hmm. some reason like for weeks and before we started writing this hold on hold on and so that was my contribution was the title of the song right hold on but he everything else was like hold on reach out you know 
And so I'm super, really just, I'm, I can't wait. We're going to go in with Bones Fork, um, the oh, band, nice. the Green Berets. Yeah, and great. they've got a studio. they got two studios. And they're going to donate their time to produce it for us, engineer it, help us creatively. And so we're, we're, we're really hoping that this, because music can help ease yeah, pain. You know, absolutely. like it's, that's one of my, the draws to music for me was this passion of like, man, when you're lost in a song, you know, it, it helps you, helps mm-hmm. you heal, helps you do a lot of things. And I really hope that this can be something that helps a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to charity. You know, it's not we're not trying That's to great. make money off of it. We just want to get it out there. And so I hope that I can be a part of that even down the road in this. So I'm excited to share that once we get it done, man. I'm oh, really yeah, we'll have to. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That's so, amazing. I can't wait to hear that. That's, uh, that'll be that'll be a big help to a lot of people. So. I hope yeah. so, man. I, I, and I appreciate you coming on. And I appreciate every, you know, whether you're military or not. I mean, Moore County has such a diverse, like, amount of people that do different things. And it's such a great little community. It's like a micro, yeah. micro city you know like there's so much to be you know thankful for here and uh and it's that's why i love doing the show and frank thanks for having us on i know we went long today but this i I felt like it was necessary once we started talking about that that we needed to talk about that more sure we're having so much fun and talking about everything there's a lot of important things we talked about (laughs) but i feel like this was necessary for sure once it was brought up so thank you for bringing it up yeah thank you for saying because you know it's definitely clearly a part of your life and it's a part of a lot of people's lives uh particularly in this area as we mentioned already we have a higher than normal uh, population of servicemen Mm -hmm. um, and women Um, and you know i think that's one of the things that we hope to share and contribute to the community is a way to maybe spur you know give a person an opportunity to open themselves up or to find a way hopefully i mean i i hope that some of the things that we have said over the course of our episodes give somebody the opportunity to make that step to help themselves. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, any whatever works for them, you, there's so many different things in music. Like I said, it's, it's such a big part of people's lives and anything that works, it doesn't matter. Like you said, just reach out and hold on. Both of yeah. those are great messages for any service member that's serving or is is not serving anymore. Um, once you've served, you've always served. So I think those two messages, if they take anything from this episode, should be those two. And, and so whatever you got to do to hold on and whatever you got to do to reach out, whichever way that means for you, then please do that. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think what's great about this is that people can just – you don't have to tell anybody you're listening to us. You right. Know? Most people don't anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can, just, you can just pull it up on your phone, right? I mean, that's what I love about this outlet is because it's not – you don't have to tell anybody what you're and, – and, you know, we have fun and we have laughs, and that's part of healing and everything, too. But sure. we also are not afraid to talk about the real stuff, man. And that I think that helps people that are going through it more than anything is hearing that other people have been through it and they've gotten through it, you know, or they're yeah. still getting through it or they're helping with strategies and mechanisms to get through it. And, you know, that's what I want to – I want people to take from this show is that we're – we want to talk about those things and and we appreciate every guest that comes on and 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 frank and and everybody that talks about the real the real problems you know that that people have because people don't like talking about it you know but when when you talk about it and you hear somebody else went through it you have a better shot of getting through it yourself i honestly believe 100 percent. so that's a great point yeah taking that first making that first statement or having that first discussion can be daunting sometimes but Mm -hmm. it does it feels good to let it out and it does get become lighter in that way mm-hmm. you know it's it's amazing how much even just a, a sharing one thing can feel yeah i think i was in 
three or four sessions before I said a word that meant anything like, you know, said, mm-hmm. talk right. about the weather or sports or whatever. And my counselor's like, hey, uh, you know, we're actually going to have to talk about oh, yeah. like <laughs> something other than just the small talk you're doing. I didn't realize that it had been three or four like different, you know, like weeks of time mm. that I actually b- said anything that had anything to do with anything. So that mm. could happen to people. But like I said, you just got to keep at it, right? You got to yeah. keep going. You got to keep listening to the songs, keep fishing, go to the outdoors, whatever you got to yeah, do. Just keep Keep, walking. keep yeah. doing it. Yeah, take that next step. And that might be the step that gets you into that that period that you feel like, oh, my God, I can see it now. I can see that light, and it's not a train. You know what I mean? That's a very important. Amen. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thank you for sharing that. You know, yeah. I, I feel like we could talk – we should talk about this all day long, you know, but I'm glad it came up, and I hate that it didn't come up. Normally, I try to steer – not steer, but try to talk about these things, you know, but it just well, was naturally going That's why you're the host. And, I mean, I almost mentioned it, but I didn't want to break your, your statement, but, man, you – you uh, segued very nicely earlier, early on. I can't remember what the first, but you're like, oh, why don't we talk about your, you your veterans lending group? Yeah, yeah. It was, was I was like, oh man, so, beautiful. Hey. Oh exactly. wow, I actually did something cool. Right? No, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Well, well, I, can, I can talk forever. So anytime you need, you know, somebody you don't have anybody to talk, just call me and I just up the road. Oh, yeah. I'll talk for hours. Sure. Just well, me. we really need. We have to get you on again now because yeah. I feel like we missed. You sent us a little bi- sort yeah, of bio. Yeah, we missed. Like, the, we didn't yeah. get to talk about the shark. We didn't get to talk yeah. about the deadly snake. We didn't get to talk about the alligator. Right. We didn't get to talk about any of my so, deployments. Yeah. Yeah, There's going to really, be a so. Jared Revis episode two, absolutely, nice. coming to you soon, because this nice. is... There's a lot to be told. Talked they'll be, about. They'll be clamoring for that. They'll yeah. be calling. Oh, I'm sure. Don't light up the phone lines when you hear this episode. Oh, I'll, I'm just down the road. It'll be. Uh, <laughs> no, I believe it. I mean, we're gonna. You know, we'll have the best ratings. We might have 15 listeners this week. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. We'll, we'll climb. We'll climb. Yeah, we're go. climbing slow. So, but no, I wish we had more time. Thank, thank you, Jared Revis, uh, with Veterans Lending Group, retired uh, Air Force officer. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you've done. And, and uh, you know. Frank Daniels, executive producer, thanks for giving us this outlet, you know, the pilot. Well, thank uh, you for doing it, Tony. I mean, I say, I think, I hope I say it every time. I mean, this wouldn't be possible without you and and your willingness to be here and the work that you do to, you know, talk to people like Jared and say, let's get you on, Mm -hmm. you know, and this comes naturally, man. I just love, I mean, I love, I love finding out about people, you know, I mean, and I, and I grew up. I think just a little bit of empathy, you know, in life and not, not many people, not a lot of people have that anymore. It seems well, I'm not anymore. I'm not trying to sound like my grandpa, but you know, like, a, you know, empathy is not something that you easily learn, you know, and I think it's, it's right. something that is absolutely necessary to, to, even though you can't feel what somebody else is going through, you can sort of feel for it. You can you know try I mean? and understand like, yeah. why they are doing what they're doing or where they, what they, what their life has been like to get them to where they are today and maybe you know maybe you can give them a little slack or you know have a little yeah good bad or ugly yeah. I mean there's a reason where you are now and, and there's That's so true. many different micro stories that brought you to where you are now you know good yeah. bad yeah. and ugly you know right. so for sure that's a part of life. So thank you very much, Jared, for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we will have a Jared Revis episode, too, so make sure you stay tuned for that and because yeah. uh, we have more to talk about for sure. There so, you go. Thanks so much. Thanks again, thanks. Jared. Uh, Frank, thank you. Signing off now. We're, uh, we're off. That, and we're off. And we're off. There yes. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work with that. Yeah. <laughs>